Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Edie Summers, and I am so grateful and excited and just really feeling blessed to have as my very special guest today, Marilyn Tam. I'm going to introduce her in just a few moments here, but uh, first I want to give you a little bit of background about Marilyn's book and then herself, and then we'll welcome Marilyn into the studio. Um, Marilyn is the author of the new book, The Happiness Choice which won the silver medal in the Global Ebook Awards for 2013 um, for the Inspirational and Visionary category, which I think is very fitting. Um, this book, The Happiness Choice, is a gem of a book. Um, I cannot recommend it enough, and I'm really um, thrilled to be talking about this. This came at a really crucial moment in my life for me. Um, so a little bit of background on The Happiness Choice. Marilyn's mother regarded her as a waste of a pregnancy, and she was abused and mistreated accordingly. As a teen, Marilyn left her home in Hong Kong to come to America alone and became an international business success and humanitarian. In The Happiness Choice, the five decisions that will take you from where you are to where you want to be, she shares how anyone can choose to be happy and successful. She shows that happiness is a choice. Anyone can find the resources and tools within any circumstance to guide them to a better place. Happiness, as verified by studies at Harvard, Yale, and Gallup Research, is not only good for one's personal health, it increases productivity and creativity too. The USA General Social Surveys show that women's overall level of happiness has decreased compared to what it was 40 years ago and to men. And the drop occurs regardless of their financial position, marital status, children, age, or race. The top 35 developed countries surveys show the same trend. The 21st century economic and social pressures are making men and women unhappier, and it is affecting their health, relationships, and productivity. Gallup research showed in 2012, 550 billion of productivity was lost due to unhappiness and low well-being at work. People want contentment, love, and happiness derived from meaningful work. They want nourishing personal relationships, a healthy mind and body, a spiritual core, and a reason for living, says Tam. But with only 24 hours in a day and all of the competing demands of modern life, the question is, how is it even possible? Marilyn Tam's book is filled with stories, tips, and insights on how anyone can live the life they dreamed of living. It includes personal experiences and advice from experts in the fields of business success, relationships, health and fitness, spiritual and community relations to strengthen and broaden the perspective and tools available for readers. The book guides readers in prioritizing their many roles, 
so that they can feel fulfilled and balanced. Readers will learn that it is not only how much they get done, but also what they get done, removing any sense of guilt and shame and allowing them to live in balance, joy, and inner peace with insight. I am the second daughter in a traditional Chinese family, and my birth was followed quickly by the birth of three younger brothers. To say that I was unwanted would be an understatement. My mother left me in the hospital and had to be called to pick me up. Rising from an abusive childhood, leaving Hong Kong as a teen for university in the United States to become a global business leader and humanitarian, I found the secrets to achieving a better life that I've dreamed of ever was possible and you can too. That is a quote from Marilyn Tam. Tam's inspiring story and her personal and professional achievements and experiences show audiences how anyone can overcome seemingly daunting odds to live the life of their dreams. Marilyn Tam, PhD, is a speaker, author, consultant, board-certified corporate leadership coach and founder and executive director of US Foundation. She was formerly the CEO of Aveda Corporation, president of Reebok Apparel and Retail Group, vice president of Nike Inc., and also a successful entrepreneur who has developed and built four companies. Among her numerous recognitions and awards is the Artemis Award from the Greek government and Euro-American Women's Council with her image on a Greek postage stamp. Marilyn is featured in many documentary movies, including Glow Project, The Compass, one of my personal favorites. Can't recommend that documentary enough. Um, That was produced by John Spencer Ellis, by the way. Um, Highly, highly recommended. Tapping the Source and Femme for her inspiring accomplishments and inner wisdom She was also recognized as one of the top 30 female entrepreneurs in the USA by Fempreneur Magazine. She is also the author of How to Use What You've Got to Get What You Want and Living the Life of Your Dreams. Marilyn is a contributing blogger on Huffington Post. She has a weekly radio show, The Happiness Choice, featuring experts in how to live a healthy, happy, successful, and dynamically balanced life for more information, you can visit Marilyn's website, marilyntam.com, as well as her other website, which is, let me pull this up here, um, usfoundation.org, and um, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into talking about both of those websites toward the end of our chat here, but right now, I want to welcome Marilyn into the studio. Uh, hi, Marilyn. Thanks for being here. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. Oh my goodness. Thank you for being here. Um I I'm very well, thank you. Um and I just your book was a, a sh- it was so many things for me. It was a a shot in the arm. Um it's it kind of reignited my inspiration and motivation and um it it really is like I said before, it's a gem of a book and um I can't thank you enough for being here. Um, I am just, it's such an honor for me. So thank you. And um, I am curious. Um, I know that, I know that your inspiration came, you wanted to do this book with Joan. I'm not even going to attempt to say her last name. Um, Boris, Boris Sanko. Boris <laughs> Anyway, um, but could you tell us, could you tell our listeners what was your inspiration 
for writing your, this is your third book, is that correct? Correct. I have um, some little uh, e-books, but this is my third um, hardback, put it that way. <laughs> book. And the reason why I wrote this book is I thought I was done with writing books because <laughs> <laughs> some people just feel like they have writing. But for me, I feel like unless I have something important to say that is going to help other people, I really don't need to keep writing. Uh, I love it. But also, there's so much information out. Do I have anything to add that would be special, that would be different, that was going to really help people? And this book came about actually from my own um, experiences. Some years ago, I was again doing, as you mentioned, thank you very much for that wonderful intro, about (laughs) some of the things I've done for um, more humanitarian work. And mm-hmm. and that's really where I get my, my my main pleasure is when I know that I'm making a difference. Whether it's when I'm working at my what one would consider a business or whether one would consider humanitarian work, I don't find a difference between the two. I find that when we work mm-hmm. on what is going to serve people, whether mm-hmm. it's for income or for personal satisfaction, the two are really completely linked. So for me, what happened was that I realized when I was running, um, I had a health clinic, an integrated health clinic, and we were just making big differences in people's lives, uh, people with cancer, people with autism, um, all kinds of different issues. And, and it was so rewarding and exciting to see people making all these big changes and getting their lives back that I forgot one thing. I forgot that I was not giving myself any opportunity to have a life. And that came back to haunt me because my sister, who I love dearly, and and she lives in Vancouver, she called me and she said, I'm coming down for Christmas. And I heard myself say, and this is when my big transformation happened, I said to her, I don't know, I'm too tired. I don't, I think I'm going to cancel Christmas this year. (laughs) I love that quote. I love it. I love any of your quotes, but that was the first one that made me laugh. (laughs) And and that truly is what made me realize that the happiness choice, our happiness choice, comes from having balance in our lives. Even though we may be doing great things for other people or -hmm. even for our family, if we forget that we are also part of the equation, everybody loses. And so that's Mm -hmm. what really me to say it's time for me to take the pause and do something that's going to give back to the world but also in the consideration that I am teaching myself what I most need to learn because we we always Mm. are ones who need to teach (laughs) we're teaching what we most need to learn and at the time it was I forgot about me in the equation I and it's I think it's so and especially for women I think it can be very true to forget about ourselves and the process of of trying to um help everyone else make the world a better place and I also think it's very true what you were saying Marilyn about how we we teach most of what we need to learn ourselves um I've definitely learned that myself um and also when you were talking about balance um you mentioned in your book that it's dynamic balance which I think is really a great point because um, I, I, what I really want to do is paint a picture for people because I really want people to read this book. I think this is one of those seminal books. Um, I'm, I'm a huge reader. I've read a ton of books in my life, and I'm a huge fan. 
And this is right up there at the top of like what I would recommend to people, especially in in terms of nonfiction. So um, I want to drop people into the experience of your book. Um, and like I said, this was a shot in the arm for me. Um, it's I think it's it's very easy to um, feel like you're doing it all, and then at the same time realize that you've lost your motivation and passion for doing it all. And that's that's critical. But then also at the very beginning of, of your book, you talk about um, finding your purpose, which lays the foundation for happiness. And and happiness is many factors. It's um, Is it five factors that, is that the, I know that there's in positive psychology, there's there are five factors, but I know that you list five factors as well. And then, um, so laying the foundation, finding your purpose is the first part of that. I was wondering if you could tell us what the five factors are to make sure I have those correct. And then also if you could tell us what it's like to find your purpose and why that's so important for happiness. Mm. Thank you. Um, there are five, <laughs> as you say, five factors or five decisions we make to mm-hmm. make sure that we are living in dynamic balance. In, in our Western world, particularly, um, our focus usually is on the number one that I listed because that's what we seem to spend the most of time on, and that's money. Money, mm-hmm. whether it's we're working at a job or, or we're trying to keep a home together, um, budgeting. And that mm-hmm. we really focus almost all our energies, especially uh, in today's very fast-paced world, on making money or getting mm-hmm. money somehow. But what do we do when we spend all our time focused on making money? We lose our bodies. What do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. We, we don't spend the time to eat well, sleep well, exercise, and all the things we know we should do. It's nothing new. But what happens when we do that? We get sick. We have some kind of issue happen to our body. Then what do we do then? We spend the hard-earned money that made us sick to try to get us well. <laughs> so yeah. that's the next second factor is our bodies. The first decision we make is is what we do with our time and, and how we allocate it. And the first thing we usually do is spend too much on of, of that on, on um, creating or, or focusing on money. And then the mm-hmm. next consideration is our body, which we usually mm-hmm. lose when we spend too much time working on the on money. And then even if we get those two balanced somewhat, there's a third factor we have to consider and that is our relationships. Mm-hmm. Because our, our yes. relationships, and, and what do we do usually, too, when we get to the point where we are having a problem with a relationship? We start trying to buy them back. What do I mean by that? We buy presents. <laughs> we, give them, we, we go to therapy. <laughs> spending money, again, to try to buy back. Or if we had some awareness, we wouldn't have been in that situation. So as you can tell so far, each factor influences the other, how we influence time and money, relationships, body. And then what's the fourth one? And that is something that I know you, you're aware of too, which is our spiritual life. It doesn't matter what you believe in, but for when we believe in something, or even mm-hmm. if you say you're an atheist, you believe in nothing, but there's something that you believe in that is more than you. Mm-hmm. And that is really what gives us the anchor having a spiritual life of some kind. And so yes. that's the other fourth factor, because when we don't have that, we feel somewhat hollow. There's 
and believe me, I work with a lot of Fortune 100 CEOs and, and people at that level. And even though they have maybe prover- the proverbial everything in life, meaning the financial, physical, different aspects of life, including you know, uh, everything that, quote, money can buy, mm-hmm. but if they don't have this, a spiritual life, there's still a hollowness because it seems like there's something missing. Mm. And then, the- and I, oh, sorry, I, sorry, I just wanted to quickly add too that you talk about service. Like, I've heard that even if you look like you have it all, if you mm. aren't operating at this level and, and giving back, then wouldn't that also contribute to a sense of feeling hollow? But I don't want, I don't want to, I know we're talking about the overview right now, but I just wanted to throw that in there just for people Absolutely, to- and you're right. And then the last factor relates very much to what you said, and that is community. Mm-hmm. And our community uh, is what we relate to and, and are born into. Because as a child, as a, a baby, when we come into this earth, we're completely helpless, and we're helpless for years. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have community to help raise us, we wouldn't be here. And when we get to the old age, again, we need community. Because without community, we, we're not able to, to um, go through our f- final years. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense for us to be able to give back and share with our community. So those are five decisions we make in, in our lives in each day to decide mm-hmm. whether we are in dynamic balance, as you said, and what we talk about in the book. And that all comes mm-hmm. from our life purpose, because we need to have some kind of guide as to how, how do we prioritize all this, you know, mm-hmm. our, the, at the attention on money, attention on our body, attention on relationship, attention on our spiritual life, and then on our community, the five. And that comes back to, as you mentioned, our life purpose. If mm-hmm. we know what our life is about, and each one of us have a purpose in this life, we're born with it. We just have to listen and hear and, and go back inside to hear what it is, because we all know why we were born. Mm. And I, I, I really, Marilyn, I really love this, and it, it, I mean, so many things about your book struck a chord with me. Um, I would say, definitely, um, building the foundation, like realizing that your life purpose is the foundation of happiness, and that, um, and then um, just also to give people some highlights before I think we should, I feel like we should go deeper into life purpose because I feel like a lot of people maybe aren't in, t- in in touch with their life's purpose and that's it's not like a, a flaw or anything it's just a it's just a ma- it's a pro- it's a journey to discover it um but also you were mentioning having a spiritual core can be really um extremely helpful and then being tied to community and the idea of, of communal wellness which hopefully these are other things we can talk about but but the but one but one of the things again that really struck me was it kind of put out it kind of sent a light bulb off for me is like and I, I feel like I have found my life's purpose, but I you found yours really early, I think which is amazing. Like you found yours like at the age of eleven. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um that's can you no, so can you tell us, can you tell our listeners what how did you find your life's purpose? I think this is an amazing story. Um mm-hmm. and then just maybe if you could and just talk a little bit more about why it's so important to happiness and also why one of the other takeaways for me was that happiness really is it's a culmination of all of these things we've t- we're talking about so it's and it's not some pie in the sky um something you know that's out of our reach this is 
these are happinesses not only within our reach, but it's kind of like the eye, it's like the center, the calm of the storm. But I was wondering if you could share with us, how did you find your life's purpose? And um, I would just, I think it's just a phenomenal story. Well, thank you. And And I've had many people, and so I'm sure many of our listeners could be thinking right now, but I don't know my life purpose. And Mm -hmm. as you said, I was grateful to find mine early, but I just want to first tell our listeners, if any of them are feeling like, well, I don't know my life purpose yet, first thing to do is relax. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because people get really stressed about it and say, gee, I don't know why I'm doing this. I've been just doing this because this is what's been uh, told to me or suggested to me, or I just need to make a living and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. (laughs) Just to get let that go, because there are a lot of people who don't know it yet, but it's not because you don't know it yet. It's just because you've been so inundated with messages from mm-hmm. outside, whether it's your family and friends and teachers and ministers when you're young, or from the media, which we constantly get bombarded with, with, with what is supposed to make us happy. We forget that we actually know inside better than anybody else truly what makes us happy. So uh, for me, I was grateful, to, as, as you mentioned, to find it early. And the reason I was able to find it early was because actually <laughs> because my life was so miserable when I was young. <laughs> and, and, and so I wasn't so much focused on a fight life purpose. I was just focused on mm-hmm. not getting hit and, and, mm-hmm. and not being abused. Uh, and mm-hmm. so it wasn't like I was looking for life purpose. I was just looking to not be in pain. Five, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And so how mm-hmm. can I find my life purpose when I'm just really looking for not to be in pain? And that was because mm-hmm. I found somebody else who was in more pain than I was. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. my, my classmate, Rebecca. Her family, her whole family, including father, mother, brother, sister, and herself, all lived in a room, and they shared a kitchen and a bathroom with two more families. Mm-hmm. Even, even with two working parents working full time, by the before the end of the month, they didn't have enough food to eat. And mm-hmm. when I found that out when I was 11 years old, I was completely appalled. I was filled with rage because I didn't understand why two parents working full time could not afford to feed their family. It didn't seem right. It didn't seem fair. It wasn't just, and I was going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And in that place of having compassion and understanding and and um, seeing the bigger picture, that my life, as bad as I thought it was, was better than somebody else's. It made me realize that there's a bigger world. And then if I just wasn't so focused on my own particular challenges, mm-hmm. I was even a way to help others. And so what I decided then right at 11 years old was that I was going to help people like Rebecca. I was going to help her have a better life. Now, I'm still 11 years old, <laughs> so it's a little difficult knowing how to do that. And this is where I like to share about reference point because mm-hmm. we we have to take our life purpose, whatever it is, and for me, it was to make a positive difference. I was going to help the world. But we have to make that abstract concept of life purpose, whatever ours is. You know, yours might be to say, 
oh, I want to raise great children. I want to give to the world by helping the world from making the next generation really great. Or I can say, I just want to grow a garden. In that garden, I am giving oxygen back to the world. I'm giving nutrients back to the world. Or I want to create art that's going to inspire people. Write books. Whatever it is that you do that is uniquely your passion and sharing, that's, that's that's yours. But how do you then make that real into actionable steps? Because usually our vision, our mission is so big, we have to translate it into actual actions. And and Marilyn is translating it into action because this is where I think that people get stuck, including mm-hmm. myself. Is this where is this why people get stuck? Is or this is this where people get stuck? Is translating it into action like first finding your purpose and then how do you make it real? Um, and I, I for people that don't know, um, I want to make sure I get this correct. But you actually helped to improve is it child labor laws um, in developing countries? Is that correct? I mean, that's actually all apparel labor. So it's all people who work in the clothing business because that's where I was in my career for quite a while was working in the apparel Mm -hmm. business. So having been a child laborer, I I remember what it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, not to have the basic things in life like the ability to go to the bathroom when you want to. I mean, Mm -hmm. just as simple as that. or lighting so that you can see what you're doing when you're working. I mean, mm-hmm. ventilation, you know, just air that you can really breathe. Mm-hmm. Very basic things. And, and so um, changing that and having the, the ability, because of my position in business, to start mm-hmm. having the influence to shift that was really a big, big reward for me, even though in some ways people would say it was good for the world, but it was good for me. Mm, I love that. I, Marilyn, I'm curious. So when we're talking about the action step here, so we're talking, first of all, just to help, help um, listeners have a frame of reference, we're talking about wh- what makes you happy and the foundation is finding your purpose and then it's how you take action on that, um, which involves um, some of the other things that involve community and service and um, how you take care of yourself. Um, how you engage in relationships, how you engage with money, um, how you make meaning, um, how you give back to the world, include also pleasure. Those are some of the things. Um, how did you make the transition from going from – I'm curious about, like, mindset now because we're talking about um, – because ultimately happiness is a choice. And I, I, when I first learned about you, I, I saw I, – I think I told you this. I saw an interview with you with John Spencer Ellis. And I was just complete. I was mesmerized. I was listening to your story, and I was just blown away by how strong you are, and how you had made a conscious choice to take control of your own destiny and your own happiness, regardless of the circumstances that you came from. Um, I'm curious if you could share with myself and our listeners how did you make that transition? Like, say, coming to America on your own, how did you find the strength and the fortitude and um, to actually take those steps. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you. And it goes back to having a purpose because your purpose, a person's life purpose, is like your north point of your compass. Mm-hmm. When you know where you're going, then you're going to find the way to get there. 
through mm. whatever obstacles because now you have a reason for being. But going mm. from the purpose, the big abstract, I'm going to make a difference in the world, to what does it look like, comes back to our reference points. Mm-hmm. And, and for for me, when I was a child, uh, TV wasn't that great. I mean, it was barely color. I grew up a long time ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, and there was no internet. So what was my reference point? My reference point became National Geographic. Uh, oh, and, I love it. Love that and so what? <laughs> yeah. And so what did I see a lot in National Geographic, especially back then, was a lot of photos of people from Africa. And they looked mm. like they were having a hard time. They didn't have enough mm. food to eat, and the government was not that great. So for mm-hmm. me, as a child, Focusing on making a positive difference, I said, aha, these are the people I'm going to help when I grow up. Mm-hmm. So my reference point came from finding a group or a focus, in this case it's Africans, that mm-hmm. I was going to make a positive difference in. So since I've been told so often by my family that I was worthless and that I'm you know, worthless than dirt, Mm-hmm. I didn't take that into the equation because somehow I felt like there's no way I can be that bad. I mean, I'm worse than dirt. <laughs> um, and especially since I had two things going for me, and every one of us have these things going for us if we just look. Well, the one thing was that I had somebody who believed in me, and in my case, it was my grandfather. And we all have somebody sometime in our lives that believed in us, whether it's a parent, an aunt, an uncle, or teacher, or minister, or friend, or neighbor, who told you once, maybe many times, that you are special, that you mm-hmm. are going to be somebody one day. In my Absolutely. case, my grandfather, and he died when I was seven, but he gave me my Chinese name, mm-hmm. which um, actually is the name of two emperors in China, one known for his wisdom and compassion in peacetime and one for his prowess and strategy in wartime. It's the most unusual name for a girl. It's usually given to a firstborn son of a very prominent family. I don't know why my grandfather gave me that name because he died, as I said, when I was seven. But I just took that to mean that he must have thought I was special. Mm. And so even though the people around me told me I was worthless, mm. I took that 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 indication, my name, mm-hmm. to me, to say to myself, okay, I'm going to be somebody one day. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't believe it, but I believe it. And so you can turn mm-hmm. around the negative feedback that we get so often because there are many people mm-hmm. who are willing to tell you that you're not good enough. And, yeah. and then guess what? The most important one of those is yourself. Mm-hmm. We the main culprit in telling ourselves that we're not good enough. How many voices do we hear in our heads that says you should have, could have, would have? Mm-hmm. And right. And so that was the number one thing was that I focused on my grandfather's gift to me of my name. And so you can look for your own gift of who it is in your life, wherever time that gave you the gift of saying that you are special. Because we mm. all are. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. taking that into account can give you the 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 strength to move forward when things are looking tough. And they will look tough, and they will look tough at different times when we least expect it. That's okay. Just go mm-hmm. back and remember that, yes, you can shift that thinking. 
So that's that. And then the other thing is that because I had to try to escape and hide away from my family so I wouldn't get beat, I would just go to nature a lot, uh, hide in trees. I'd climb trees and hide in trees or whatever. So, And you know what I found when I went into nature? I found the power of spirit. Mm-hmm. That is what that I found was much more powerful than any physical being could ever be. And so I had two things going for me. And we, all, each of one of us, had the same two things going for us. We have people who believed in us or believe in us now, and we can find the power of spirit. So with those two things and the drive to make a positive difference, using the reference of helping all these Africans by teaching them how to feed themselves and run their country. <laughs> I had big ambitions. I didn't know that I couldn't have big ambitions because I thought I could do nothing. So what's the reverse? I can do anything. There you go. <laughs> so I left home early and came to this country so I can learn and learn and get enough education so I can go help all the people in Africa. And so for each one of us, if we keep on to our life purpose, Know that we are special, that we have an opportunity to make a difference, and that we have spirit with us. You can do anything. Mm. And uh, so well said, and thank you for saying that. And, yes, I do remember in your book when you do talk about finding refuge in nature, and then that's how you could hear, you could sense like this, I, I, this is a paraphrase, but like, um, like you could feel spirit, you could feel that peace and happiness, and like where there was no strife, and that gave you, like you said, that like fortified you as well. Um, and I have a question, Marilyn. I, this struck a chord with me in the very beginning of your book. You talk about how um, that maybe one of the reasons you didn't take care of yourself, like at some point, because you were trying to take care of everyone else, and you know, um, give back to the world, and then you realize you weren't taking care of yourself, was that maybe it was tied to feelings of low self-worth. And um, and on that note, I'm curious about, now we're talking about, like, self-care and stress, and this is kind of like the physical part of, of how you can find happiness and meaning. Um, happiness and meaning is, is many things, like we've been saying. It's it's finding your purpose. I'm just kind of doing a recap here for people. Um, it's It's finding meaning, finding work that's or your purpose that's purposeful to you, it's um achieving your goals or it's um it's many, many things. But part of it is also taking care of yourself and it's how you respond to stress. And and this is where I get stuck and I, I know that other people do too, is we can either look at life and this is like another way of looking at mindset, right? Like life can either be something that's happening to us, like we're the victim or life can be something that we respond to, and it's like a creative, a huge creative um, everything that we can add to. Like, it's life is either, it's either, like, it's, so stress is either something that we respond to in a positive way that fuels us, or it's something that we respond to in a negative way. And I can't remember where you say this in your book, but I feel like this is definitely tied to health and well-being, which, again, is... Mm-hmm. Part of feeling happy, right, is I'm just wondering if you could expand more, maybe more on, like, stress and self-care and the physical part of being happy, um, again, which is one of the five factors of um, everything that ties in together of how you can achieve real happiness in your life. And these are, um, again, I really hope that people that are listening um, catch on to the fact that this is, like, happiness is not something out of our reach. It's absolutely tangible 
your book is a, an amazing guidebook for it. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it has so many um, resources, but also points and stories. And you really distill like the information of um, how, how to achieve happiness. And it's not something out of our grasp. It's right, right within our reach when we can reach this, this place of um, calm and stillness. And I'm wondering if you could give us some practical tips for how we approach our health and care and self-esteem and how do we respond to stress in a really practical way that will make a difference in terms of our health and happiness? That was a long question. <laughs> Thank you. And you're right. Stress is a big factor in our world now because it's such a busy fast-paced world, so Mm -hmm. our bodies are sometimes not prepared. In fact, lots of times are not prepared for all the input that's being thrown at it. So how do we deal with the stress is first to stop. Stop even for a minute Mm. and just take a deep breath. Let's do it all together. Okay. Let's do it one more time. Just take a deep breath. Very simple. Two deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Didn't that just already change your whole, all your cells are more alive? Yes. It's that simple. Just to take a moment to breathe and then to acknowledge, okay, things are coming at me faster than I can deal with. Just to acknowledge mm-hmm. that is going to help change your consciousness. Mm-hmm. And to recognize mm-hmm. that are human mm-hmm. being. We're human bodies. We're not just a head on a stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we think that. Sometimes we think we're a computer walking around, but we're not. Mm-hmm. We're actually <laughs> flesh and blood. You know, we we need to eat. Yeah. We need to breathe. We need to sleep. We need to do a lot of things just to keep this machine going. Mm-hmm. And so once we recognize all of that and acknowledge that this machine this very precious, amazing, magical piece of machinery mm. needs mm-hmm. care. Mm. And then it's mm. not a bad thing. It's actually a requirement mm-hmm. for us to keep going. Mm. And so just saying that and just acknowledging that and that self-care is, is necessary, is it's actually for the big, greater good. It's just mm-hmm. our thinking, and we can deal with the stress. And the one way to deal with stress is to acknowledge that we have a body. Just a simple thing, as we just did, was just taking a couple of deep breaths. And then what's really great also is movement. Mm-hmm. When we acknowledge we have a body, because one of the biggest challenges in our modern world is that we sit most of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's true. one of the least healthy things we can do. <laughs> we're not meant to just sit there all the time. So even mm-hmm. if we just have to get up every hour just to walk around, even around your desk if you can't go very far, or just to get up and stretch, it's going to make a difference mm-hmm. in reducing your stress and recognizing that we are human beings. We have a physical body. It's just the whole mm-hmm. consciousness. And also in this, and it's been mm-hmm. scientifically proven, um, that when we shift our energy, the cortisol level, which is the stress hormone, has mm-hmm. a ca- chance to dissipate and move through, and, and it doesn't keep spiraling up. Mm-hmm. And it gives us- yeah, that's crucial. Go ahead. 
Mm-hmm. And so it helps it helps us think better. It gives us more creativity, productivity, mm-hmm. and all the things we're looking for. And and one thing that we we talk about so much is it makes us happier. And we don't have to wait till okay in July we're going to take two weeks off. We're going to have a vacation. We're going to be happy then. <laughs> we can be happy now. We can be happy now because we can choose how we think and feel at this very moment. Mm. I, Marilyn, you have so many great quotes in your book, and um, one of them that really um, resonated with me was when you say, embrace your fear and watch its metamorphosis and understanding and then release and then into release and joy. So because I think this is another place where people get stuck, or at least where I get stuck, is I look at, um, I think I get stressed out because of fear, and, but at the same time, I want to resist that fear. And instead, you say embrace it, and then, like, it's if I'm understanding your quote correctly, um, it will help you. If you can understand your fear, then it will transform into joy and happiness eventually um, through understanding. And so it's almost like allowing yourself to feel everything um, and sort of sink deeper into life and, as opposed to living in the stress response. And like you were saying, um, cortisol is, can be, you know, it's, it's great under for a little bit, but it's when we have undue stress, like you were saying, and it's ongoing, our, our bodies physio- physiologically change. And then um, it's, we're almost like living in a state of fear automatically. And I, and of course the goal is, is happiness and joy and, I think I don't know. I just really that that uh, quote struck a, struck a chord for me because um, as much as I don't like stress and fear, I also am afraid of fear. If that makes sense. And I, but yeah. I also think I this the, I heard this the other day that um, I think this is from Benet Brown. She was, or I'm not sure how you say her name, but she was saying that our deepest fear is, is fear of, of joy and, and being happy. And mm-hmm. I think that it's just really interesting how. The very thing that we want the most, um, we can sort of it can sort of get tied up in our, you know, kind of constricted energy in the body to stress and and not not um, acknowledging ourselves and taking care of ourselves and things along those lines. And so I just really appreciate the way you lay out in your book um, how to how to notice your body, how to take care of your body, um, and it's it can be a it's not only necessary but I I believe it can be um, a very that it, that can be a source of happiness as well, in my experience. Absolutely, and you're so right because when we put away, we deny fear. When we deny we have fear, it's going to be haunting us. It's sort of pretending that something is there that isn't there. But if we really dove into the fear and say, "Well, what am I really afraid of?" And we start taking it apart, we realize it's not the big boogeyman. It might be just a small little, <laughs> I don't know, orange. <laughs> but it, just something really ridiculous like that. To, to think of just a, something giant that we we are projecting, mm-hmm. we really look at it carefully. And we plan out all the scenarios. Say like we're afraid of not succeeding in something. By mm-hmm. the time we... Finish building up this fear and denying it. It's gotten to be so big that we think if we didn't succeed in whatever it is, our life is over. Mm, but if we really look, yeah. at, hmm. if we really look at the fear 
and said, okay, what if I don't succeed in this? What are the consequences? And what's the chances of my not succeeding? And what other, is it all or nothing? Is it proportional? What are my reactions? The fear goes away because you have concrete steps to deal with it then. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's really great. And then, oh, goes and, that's, away. and then it's not that scary anymore because you have now a way out. Mm-hmm. Taking, taking like small, measurable, actionable steps. Um, like mm-hmm. breaking, almost like breaking down your fear into actionable steps, like small actionable steps. Um, I really love that. That's I recognize that as a coach when you say that. I really love that. Um, I have mm-hmm. to remind myself that. I mean, we all need that perspective, you know, because we we mm-hmm. get so absorbed. Um, and Marilyn, I just we're getting we're getting close to the time that we had um, agreed on to um, keep kind of keep where our interview was. Um, and I just mm-hmm. I wanted to um, first of all see how you feel about that. Um, do you feel like you want to wrap up, or do you feel like you want to go a little bit longer? Or how are you feeling? I definitely want to mention your websites and um, maybe do a takeaway. But I'm just wondering how you're feeling. Thank you. I, I think this is a good place for everybody to have. We have enough for them to think about, and <laughs> yeah. we can use some more time. But that was great. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I just want to make sure people know about your website. Um, again, it's there's MarilynTam.com. And there's also, would you like to tell us about your other website really quickly, the Us Foundation? Um, and, and really mm-hmm. quickly, what is that? Okay. MarilynTam.com is where you can get more information about what we talked about today, as well as there's a, a link called Free Gifts. And where you can get um, more information about what we did today, advice and and uh, videos, audios, as well as even recipes, articles, of course, too. Um, mm-hmm. Can help you on your path, and it's free. So you can get it there at MarilynTam.com. And then I have my other site, which is usfoundation.org, and that's my humanitarian work. That's also mm-hmm. global, and and you can see some of the things we're doing around the globe. But um, the, the really the word I want to leave with all your listeners is to let them know that they are special and they are enough and that they can achieve their dreams and we're here to help. Uh, I love that. Um, that's I think that's a wonderful way to end. Thank you so much for saying that and I can't thank you enough for being here and um, I just have to say just really quickly um, I just also remember when part of your book is when you talk about like being like a dewdrop in the ocean like just you know, like we are a part of a bigger whole, and when we can connect to that, I think that can diminish your your stress levels and and make you and also I think increase your happiness. So just realize, remember, you're part of the whole, and and kind of like when you were also talking about like the uprising of well-being, like in in terms of the whole community. Um, mm-hmm. I just you know we're all in this together, and I can't thank you enough for writing this book, Marilyn. And it was such a pleasure to meet you and. Thank you so much for coming on my radio show, and um, I'm happy to continue. <laughs> there's the word happy. I'm happy to continue the conversation whenever you like. Um, you're always welcome back, and um, just thank you so much for being here, and, and gratitude. I'm very grateful that you're here, and I know that's also part of in, um, being happy and increasing happiness is practicing gratitude. So thank you so much for being here. I'm grateful for you. <laughs> Thank you. I am grateful for the opportunity. Have a fabulously happy day. <laughs> Thank you. You you as well. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
You have been listening to The Wellness Coach on Blog Talk Radio. My guest today was Marilyn Tam. She's the author of the book, The Happiness Choice, um, Choosing Happiness with, uh, the, the rest of the title is um, Choosing Happiness, um, five, five Decisions That Will Take You From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be, um, Really Practical Tips. Um, this is an amazing book. It's a gem of a book. I hope you check it out. Um, also, go check out Marilyn's site, marylandham.com, as well as her um, nonprofit site, which is usfoundation.org. And again, thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate you listening. And I also hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. And I look forward to um, hearing from you if you really enjoyed the show or any of the other interviews. Um, please leave your thoughts below and um, come join us. And the whole point of the Wellness Coach is to help people improve their well-being um, on all levels of life. So thanks for tuning in and have a beautiful day. Take care. 